In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. Hi, Derek Thomas, Monday Morning Critic. How is everybody doing today? Good. Good, Good. Derek. Hi, Good Derek. to see you. Good to see you. Good. So I'm going to condense this to 10 minutes as best I can. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure I'd ever recommend tissues for a trailer up until now. I mean, I mean I, I'm mean, i a grown man, like, have tears in my eyes in a minute and a half trailer, which is almost unheard of. Do you think part of that is the universal appeal of Peanuts, right? Because it's one of the very few shows you could be three or 93 and love it all the same. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's the unique thing about the brand. You know, that there's somebody and some character in that comic strip that everybody can relate to. And every one of those characters is a piece of my father, you know, which he kind of passed down to myself and, and my son, Brian. So uh, it, it's universal and it's timeless. Gentlemen, did you want to add to that or, or, or do you think you summed it up? Real quick? I mean, for, for me, what I also love is that we kind of embrace the flaws of the characters and so when people watch these like kids and adults, um, it just, they can connect. I mean, when I was a little kid, I didn't think there was anything wrong with Charlie Brown. He just seemed like a normal kid to me um, right. because, you know, it was, he just is so authentic. Yeah. That, that trailer shows in a brief um, uh, moment, the struggle of obtaining and holding on to a delicate friendship. And I think that's what I, I burst out in tears too. So I get it. <laughs> and I've been involved with this thing for two years. So uh, it's it works because it's so authentic. Yeah. And one of the things I like that I feel like because I have a three year old and I have a nine month old. So I'm introducing them to animation. And the one thing I feel like Disney has dropped the ball a little bit on lately is the messaging. It's not about storytelling anymore. But I get a uniquely great feeling about this. that It's going to be about the story. And then within the story, because for those listening who are not familiar, this is about Franklin, who um in 1973 was was segregated from the Thanksgiving Day, you know, on, I, I'm sure there was no intention. It, it wasn't intentional, but I think this is a way to rectify that situation. The three of you, what did you really want to get right about this? You know, I get the obvious. I mean, I get that. But what did you personally want to get right about this? Because I feel like this is going to hit home with a lot of people, not to sound repetitive, but like what was important to you about this project? Well, for me, it was the message of the film was really about finding a home. You know, Franklin has been on the road because his dad was in the military. He's been from place to place to place. He's never got a chance to unpack his suitcase. And of all the places he ends up is in this weird neighborhood with the crazy dog, the kid with the blanket, and the kid that sits in the pumpkin patch. And somehow he fits in and finds out that this becomes his home. And I think that's an important message for us, that, that we all find a place where we can call home. And you know your home when you're surrounded by friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That trailer hit me harder than it should have. I mean, guys, I'm sorry if I interrupted what you were going to say. Well, finding a seat at the table, you know, we happen to have a very strong visual metaphor that is um, a bit on the nose, actually. But so getting to the point where it's not cliche, making it feel perfectly organic, that was our challenge. And I think the story is very well crafted. It's very... Um, a heartfelt, there's a lot of emotional content that leads to the moment where he takes his rightful seat at the table. So it doesn't feel contrived. And it's an extremely powerful thing. Even in a trailer, it's another reason why you burst out in tears. 
Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like I was getting hit in the head with a message. I felt like I was watching two kids become friends. I feel like Franklin was finally getting the love he deserved. That's yeah. what I felt. I didn't feel like I had to think this way or believe this way. Right. It was just a freaking story. Like, And I look forward to watching this with my daughter, Lucy, ironically. Um, <laughs> and and I, 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 think, I think we're going to really love this. I, I can't. To tell you, it's February 16th for those listening or watching. I can't tell you how psyched I am for this thing. I can't even tell you. You know, I, I think uh, to your point about messaging versus story, that was the goal is that any message that's there is coming out organically, that at its heart, this is a story about two uh, kids who find each other and find that their differences and the things they share in common are bringing them together. And that it's about a kid learning he can be who he is and have friends. Yeah. Yeah. Friendship is a give and take. My friendship with these guys was a give and take. Working on this project made me feel like Franklin. <laughs> They're upcoming. In, he came into a world that was already established. Snoopy and Charlie Brown and Peppermint Patty. This is a world he walks into and they were already a cadre of quirky kids. I walked into this group of quirky guys and I'm a quirky guy. So there, uh, I, I remember Craig saying one time, Craig said, are we talking about Franklin right now? You know, when you're writing, you're going scene by scene, you know. And I was yeah. talking about some scene that was very personal to me in my life. And Craig said, are we talking about Franklin right now or are you? And I was right. like, I, I said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and for those listening, Rob, you're, you, Franklin shares your last name, and that's not a coincidence for those who might not be aware of the story, right? If you wanted to just touch on that for a second. Yes. Um, uh, Sparky Schultz, um, Craig's dad, was a genuine fan of my work, which I never quite understood. Uh, I did feel we're not worthy. Um, but he, he would tell me why. He would say, your, your, your characters are great. You know, Peanuts is built on great characters. Your strip is built on great characters. And one day he called me and said, um, you know, Franklin's got no last name. I wonder if, 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 you, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to give him um, your last name. And that took me aback <laughs> a little bit. And I just went, wow. Like it, was, it just struck me in the heart. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Sparky Schultz didn't, um, didn't throw kindness around um, um, recklessly. And didn't waste words. Right. Uh, uh, he wasn't trying to be nice to me by doing that. Right. It was it not some kind of a warm gesture. It was a right. it was a sea change. It was a moment this character took on his real humanity, and 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 Sparky wanted him to resonate with truth of his real friend. He wanted some kind. And this opportunity now is literally an extension of that moment to me. This right. is the chance to build on a legacy that I didn't create, Franklin. And he has my last name, and, and that's right. about it. But this gave me a chance, us a chance, to put flesh on him so that yeah. people understand he feels like you feel. We don't want to be outsiders. We don't want to be outliers. And that's what this, yeah. this moment meant for, for me yeah. and for us. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, and I, I think, Craig, there's a lot that your dad got right, right? I mean, I think we're talking about Franklin, but just share some of the things. I mean, I remember being a kid at the table – reading the comics while my dad was making dinner. I mean, this show has has touched upon countless lives, right? So let's talk about all the things your dad got right with this. I mean, my God, he he fulfilled so many lives in this. What are some of your favorite things that 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 Charles did create that came out of Peanuts, right? I, we get the Franklin part, but outside of Franklin, what are some special things that you really – I my, my personal favorite is the focus was always on the kids. Like the, the teacher was – I mean, that's one of my favorite things, like – what was your what, what are some of the things that came out for you guys when it came to his work? Well, I think for me, I mean, after reading 
basically almost 18,000 comic strips. You know, when you read them as a mm. child and you read them as an adult, they take on a totally different flavor. And that, that has been sort of awe-inspiring to me to read them now as we write these stories. You know, we've done six or eight specials with Raymond now on these things. And uh, I think what's really impressive is how much of his vocabulary has fallen in to the vernacular of, of the language. You look in the dictionary now and the security blanket and the psychiatric booth. And, I mean, just all these things he created out, out of nowhere. Uh, and, and the shelf life they have is what's really impressive. You know, people just don't get tired of Lucy pulling the football and they know it's <laughs> going to happen. And yet she still pulls the football and Linus is always dragging this blanket around for 70 years now. And he's, <laughs> he still has now grown it. Uh, it's an impressive legacy. And he, that was his comment says, you know, when asked about his legacy, his legacy is something that lives well beyond your lifespan. And I think Penis will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my last thing I'll say is, you know, uh, on a much lighter, lighter, lighter note, um, I think that if we do, if we reapproach Peanuts, I think we have to look at Pigpen's life a little bit, maybe an <laughs> episode of Hoarders or something like my favorite, by the way, of all time is Pigpen, because that was that was me. I mean, that was me growing up. That's me now. I have a love for Pigpen, but I also have a love for your work. And I'm so excited for the 16th. Give me one word to describe what people are going to feel after the 16th when they watch this. Or two. Warm. Nice. People are going to think um, this is a masterpiece. Nice. I think friendship, for me, one of the most powerful scenes is the scene where you see Franklin and Charlie Brown's hands come in, and Raymond did this beautifully, and they shake hands for the first time. You see the joining of two different cultures becoming friends. So I think really friendship and home are the two words that stick out to me. Guys, thank you all for your beautiful work and affecting uh, – year after year and, and the generations you're hitting. Thank you for all of this as a father, as a fan. Thank you all. Thanks Thank for you. speaking with us. Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com.